is this helping us achieve our goals? Is this honoring the Lord? Is this um, furthering our family and ourselves and our church and the greater body of Christ? And if it's not, then we have to make the tough decision to say no to those things. You are listening to the Grand Prairie Alliance Church Women's Podcast where our aim is to encourage, edify, and equip you as you grow in your faith. May we be salt and light in this dark, mixed-up world. Welcome to GPAC Women's Podcast. Hey, friends, and welcome to episode number two. Before we jump into the interview today, I just want to ask you for your patience and grace. Like so many things in life, it can look so easy to do something until you try it yourself. Uh, With that being said, being an interviewer has been really humbling for me. I definitely repeated some questions to my interviewee that she had already answered. So just ask, I don't know, maybe you can chuckle along over these little bumps as I learn what it takes to be an interviewer, a podcaster, whatever you want to call it. Um, I appreciate you listening and I hope you'll keep journeying, journeying along with us. Now, let's get to the interview. Today, we're focusing on seasons of busyness. Whether it's chasing little ones, running a business, or living a life of servanthood, we want to slow down and put our focus on the Lord. My guest today is Chantelle Kennedy. Welcome, Chantelle. Oh, well, thank you for having me. I'm really excited. Um, I was going to say that I am I was a little nervous in, in coming here because um, busyness has really been a thing in our life, and it's changed a lot over the last few years how I prioritize the Lord, and so... I'm just thankful to be here to have this discussion with you. Thank you so much. Yeah. So first things first, tell us a little about yourself. Where did you grow up? I grew up in Wetaskiwin, Alberta. Um, My childhood was a little bit chaotic. Um, I would say it was not the best. It was very challenging. But God was extremely faithful to insert people into my life that um, pointed me towards Christ and I was baptized when I was 11, and I would say I had quite a childlike faith. Um, I moved up to Peace River in grade 11 and graduated from there in 2006, and I moved here, and I would say that's when the Lord really put people into my life that encouraged me and that um, pointed me on the narrow path and that held me accountable, and I really grew in a lot of wisdom due to the people who surrounded me and encouraged me and loved me in that way. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Yeah. So I was just going to say, how did you come to faith in Christ? Was it through a family member or a friend? Well, that's where it's really interesting because I can't say that I remember a specific time in which I came to faith. It was um, really a over-the-years development of the love of the Lord and seeking Him. And I would say, like I said, when I came here, it was when I was surrounded by people who were willing to encourage me and love me in that way that I really learned Um, a lot more about him and flourished in my faith. And so, yeah, I don't know a specific time. I would just Mm. say that within the last 15, 16 years, I've really grown in that. Mm, That's so cool. Yeah. So spoiler alert, spoiler alert, as a mom of six who homeschools and then also runs a business, how would you describe your life in terms of busyness? Well, I would say um, specifically over the last few years, 
Um, anybody from the outside looking into my life would say that is the definition of busy and chaotic. <laughs> um, and I would say more chaotic than busy these days because we haven't even really figured it all out yet. And so that's part of the reason why I was a little bit nervous in coming is that we really don't have it all figured out at this point, you know? And so, but that in and of itself is a good discussion to have. So I'm excited. Yeah, just to, to dig into that. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> it's okay. Yeah, we both aren't here to be the expert, but uh, yeah. share our experience and we both want to glorify the Lord. So that's why I'm so glad you said yes. <laughs> <laughs> so my follow-up question is, how busy do you allow you and your kids' lives to be? Well, and I think that's a great question because... Um, I'm going to roll back to 2020 when my husband got diagnosed with a degenerative disease in his hands um, that really ended his career. And um, because he needed time to recover from that, I ended up inserting myself into this grand old world of business ownership. And I ended up working 80 to 90 hours a week. It was a lot and it was really to the detriment of my family. And even though the business was starting to thrive and do the things that we wanted it to do, we really had to take a step back and look at um, how important it was for me to fall into my role as a mom because my family, again, was not thriving in that. And so we had to make some really hard choices. And um, that's when Brent got his um, home inspection license. And we started this business to really aim towards me coming back to the home and being able to focus on our kids and say no to the things that were taking me out of that role. And so, um, yeah, there are definitely times in life where I have had to say, this is what is pointing towards our goals as a family. This is what is allowing me to be in my role as a mother. And as somebody who's within the church that works a lot with families and women and stuff like that. And that's really where I thrive. That's where our family thrives. And so there's a lot of things that we have to say no to, to meet those goals of me being home with the family and saying no to a business that we put our heart and soul into for so long was one of those things. And um, now I have to um, figure out a way to encompass all of the needs of our family. Cause right now I'm, I'm running the business side of my husband's business. I am homeschooling six children. We're doing all of these things within the church with my husband as an elder and all of the teaching and encouraging women and young families. And now our youth group, we do that as well. And, um, also I work part-time to help try and support my family in this time that we're, you know, and luckily I can do that from home but it is a lot and chaotic. And so there have been quite a few things that we've had to say no to. A lot of the social things, um, those kinds of things, it's just something that we really have to be intentional with our time and ensure that the things that we're investing our time and our hearts and our minds into are things that meet the goals of our family and glorify the Lord. And um, so I would say that yeah, you have to be really intentional with your time when you're that busy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. My next question is, um, how do you decide what gets a yes or a no? Because you're saying, mm, I can't remember what you just said. Well, I'm saying that um, if it doesn't move us in the direction and the goals that we're trying to do, those goals would be um, educating our children and me being home and present with them so that I can have these heart-to-heart -heart talks 
with them throughout the day and I can, you know, make sure that they thrive in their academics and as human beings and spiritually and all of those things. Um, and that I can build into the people in my church and the people that I love and glorify the Lord in that way. If, if those things don't align with that and don't support that, then we are really having to say no to a lot of things. Um, and that's how we decide. Is this, is this helping us achieve our goals? Is this honoring the Lord? Is this um, furthering our family and ourselves and our church and the greater body of Christ? And if it's not, then we have to make the tough decision to say no to those things. Thanks, that's great. The word I was thinking of was goals. I'm like, how yeah. did you figure out what goals? But yeah. that's, you explained it perfectly. Thank you. Oh, thank you. Um, how do you make time for God in the chaos and franticness that we tend to live in in the Western world? Yeah, and um, that's kind of an interesting question to think about because if I think about when I had one child, child versus now, I felt very busy then. You know, I felt like my life was chaotic even at that point. And um, I would think that we've evolved in what we did in the beginning I would say I made time like you said earlier today not necessarily on this podcast getting up at four in the morning and having your coffee and you're exhausted from feeding a baby all night and all of those things I tried that um but then it wasn't practical for me so I shifted to evenings but because of all the programs and things and um, needing to spend time with my family and my husband, that didn't work either. And so I would say for the average mom, and when I was in that stage, um, now I have a 14-year-old to a 5-year-old and six of them, you know, in between that. But so it looks a little bit different. But I really implemented a quiet time for our family. Um, in the middle of the day after lunch, my babies would go down for a nap. My toddlers and young children would read. And now my older boys who are moving into the high school, junior high stage, they do homework. And so we all take a really good quiet time in the middle of the day so that I can focus on our studies and stuff like that. And even my older son, um, sometimes when he doesn't have homework and stuff, will listen to a sermon or read a book. And you know, it's extremely beneficial for all of us to take the time to come down, um, specifically for me to renew my mind and to refocus myself. And like I said, I do a lot of studies. So to invest my time into the study of the word so that I know that the things that I'm teaching are correctly aligned with God's word and what he says and how he intends them to be utilized. And so um, that's how um, one way that I say I would incorporate the Lord into my day-to-day -day life with mm -hmm. my family. That's so good and so cool that you're modeling it and like showing a time of rest in the day and giving mm -hmm. your kids that opportunity. That's yeah. awesome. That's really yeah. encouraging. So my next question kind of leads right into it. Do you have a set schedule or is it more of like a rhythm? Like, are you, I know not all of us are schedule followers, mm -hmm. right? We're mm -hmm. like at this time, this has to happen. Yeah. Um, yeah, to make God the top priority in your in your life and in your home. Well, I would say I am one of those who loves a schedule. <laughs> um, the quiet time really is a time that we set apart for the Lord um, or we aim to. You know, you never always get to follow your schedule. But I would say as we've grown over the years and the things that have changed in our lives um, specifically, and I love the way that Jen Wilkins said it, and this is just the tone of what she says um, but it really resonates with me um, as somebody who teaches and disciples a lot of women and families 
um, the teaching and the discipling is really what drives me to the word. Um, it holds me accountable to be in the word, and it really has become a lifestyle in which we have implemented the Lord into every aspect of our life. And like I said, teaching is one of the ways that um, drives me to the Lord and holds me accountable to that. But as far as my children and our life and centering our life around the Lord, um, it really does come down to what Proverbs says is doing it along the way when you're standing, when you're walking, when you're eating, you know, um, we implement that with our children heavily all day long. And, uh, it comes in ways of being thankful out loud with my children present. Um, as we are eating, of course, we say grace, but even getting in the vehicle on a really snowy, cold day, thanking the Lord for a warm vehicle. Like, thank you, Lord, just get us in and out safe. Thank you for the provision of being able to go and get groceries. You know, we do that out loud all day long with our children. And, you know, thank you, Lord, for this warm fire in which I can sit beside and stay cozy and really dig into your word. Um, it comes into the discipline of our children and um, having those heart-to-heart -heart talks with them. Um, I learned from an early point with our children that I'm not just adjusting behavior. I am looking at heart attitudes and sin within their heart and things that they need to sort out and recognize in themselves. And I need to guide them to God's word with that. Mm -hmm. And so even in times of discipline and talking with my children and you know, recognizing those things within their heart, we go to God's word with that. We pray about that. And you can imagine with six children all day long, <laughs> how many teachable moments we have in which we can go to the Lord's word. And that isn't just a mission field for them, you know, centralizing my heart and my attitude and pointing them towards Christ also points it back to my own sin in my own life. And um, ensures that I'm keeping my own heart and my mind renewed in that way. And so I would say that it really does become a lifestyle in which you are constantly, you know, pointing yourself towards Christ and recognizing those things in, in your own life and those points of life and those times in which you're not aligning yourself with Christ-likeness. And so I would say as I've grown in wisdom and I've grown in maturing with my children, that it's really become just a lifestyle of centering our lives and our hearts and our minds towards Christ moment by moment. Mm, that's so good. Yeah. I find it quite like humbling and funny. I'll be talking to my kids and I'll say, um, like, speak with love, like use a nice tone. And then I'm like, oh, wait, am I, am I speaking with love? Am, <laughs> am I, I modeling that? And that's what's so funny because it, it really humbles you. And, you know, um, this is also really beneficial, especially as my kids get older and into the teen years, being able to have those discussions and be like, yeah, man, man, mom was really grouchy there. <laughs> I was angry and that was sin in my own heart. And I need to ask you forgiveness. And um, just reflecting that openly and transparently with your children and having those discussions really opens a discussion and transparency to have those discussions with your children moment by moment, mm -hmm. you know? And um, I found that it's created such a relationship, especially with my teenagers, um, in which we can have those discussions with each other. And it's really been a beautiful development with them. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it must be so nice. I th just thinking of your son to be like, oh my, my parents, they'll own up to when mm -hmm. they make a mistake, and then 
how much easier it is then for the younger ones to be like, oh, that's what we do. This is normal to come back and be like, oh, I was wrong. That's right, 100%, (laughs) because we are wrong a lot. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So how did you figure out what worked and didn't work for your family in terms of like, oh, we overcommitted or Mm -hmm. we we've undercommitted. We're actually like, I don't even know if that's a thing. Yeah. I'm sure it happens to some people. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I, I mean, there have definitely been times in our lives where I'm sure we've undercommitted, where we've kind of internalized ourselves and not reached out in the ways that we should. Um, I would say we probably tend towards more of the overcommitment side of things, um, as a family. And that really comes back to, um, prioritizing our lives. Is this, helping to move us in the directions of our goals? Are we growing in Christ-likeness? Is our family investing in a way that is healthy and profitable in the body of Christ? And so, um, yeah, I mean, that's definitely a thing. Mm. So to the individual who is listening, who maybe feels Mm -hmm. really bogged down in chaos or maybe commitments, um, what encouragement or advice would you say to them about making space for God in their daily life? Yeah, I would say an encouragement comes along with a little bit of truth in that we make time for the things that we care about and we prioritize in our life. And um, I would say in my younger years where I was making a specific spot, trying to figure out what worked in my family, morning, night, afternoon, whatever, um, it came down to disciplining myself to ensure that I'm making that a priority. And finding what works for me. Um, I know when I was working 80, 90 hours a week, I actually felt really blessed by the time that I was driving in which I could throw on a podcast. I could throw on the dwell app and listen to scripture. I could throw on, you know, things and, and take quiet time to pray. And it's really maximizing the times that you do have. And, you know, these days I don't have a lot of time for TV and, um, the desire of my heart now Um, years down the road and before it wasn't like that this is the desire of my heart now is to seek the Lord Um, whereas when I was prioritizing this and I do quote unquote and I know people can't see that but um, was really just me disciplining myself and recognizing that this is good and wholesome and it's something that I have to make a priority in my life Um, because we look at that Proverbs 31 woman that all of us want to be and we see that checklist and that impossible thing to recognize, but I think I recognized early on that it was the fear of the Lord and the desire of her heart and the character and the wisdom that drove her to do all those things. It's not a checklist. And if I desire to be that woman, if I desire to make the Lord the center of my life, I need to have that fear of the Lord. That is the beginning of the wisdom. And that starts with being in scripture, studying scripture and knowing the God of the Bible that is going to grow me in that wisdom and desire. And so years down the road from, you know, recognizing that for myself, I, the desires of my heart have changed from wanting to do the things that aren't necessarily beneficial to wanting to commit my life to the Lord and wanting to use that time intentionally, um, especially after, you know, the last three years that we've been in and having to really scrape and scramble for that, um, I would say I'm in a time of my life right now where it's, I'll take every moment with the Lord that I can get, mm-hmm. you know? And so, yeah, it's looked very different over the years for sure. Mm-hmm. So I feel like you already answered this with mm-hmm. the driving, but my next question was, what would you say to the mama who feels so spread thin in her alone time? 
Mm. How could you encourage or edify her today? Yeah. And like you said, um, drive times, listening to podcasts, um, listening to the Dwell app. I know when I felt really spread thin and um, as a young mom, as a, you know, business owner, as a now mom of six kids, owning businesses, working part-time, all of the things, um, I know even in the times where my mind won't stop, where I cannot settle myself out, I've got the worries of the world on my heart. Um, I just pop on that dwell app and especially when I'm falling asleep, like I've found myself awake at 3 a.m. because I'm too busy thinking about all the troubles and all the things that I need to figure out. And I just pop on that dwell app and I listen to God's word and I really focus my mind on meditating upon that and talking to the Lord while I'm listening to that um, in just a spirit of thankfulness and it really helps me to fall into um, what God is revealing to me throughout scripture in those times where I feel spread thin, where I feel like my mind is going a mile a minute, where I'm exhausted, but yet unable to sleep, you know? And I feel like a lot of moms in different stages feel that way for different reasons. Um, But I would just encourage moms, even if you can't read, your eyes are just so heavy because you've been nursing a baby at 3 a.m. and, you know, been there, done that many times, um, to find a way to integrate the word, even if it's an audiobook, it's still beneficial. I mean, there's something to be said for reading the word and studying the word and the depth of the word. Um, but we don't always, we can't always have the seasons where we can invest our time and our heart into that. And getting the word in any way that you can, um, you know, for me, it's the Dwell app and podcasts and listening to people like Susan Heck and Jen Wilkins and all of those wonderful ladies. Um, that's what I say would probably be the most beneficial encouragement Mm. for moms who feel like they're spread thin. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's great. Um, On a slightly different topic, I'd love to hear your thoughts on the importance of fellowship during these draining seasons where, yeah, you're feeling spread thin Mm -hmm. or like you're all alone. Like oddly enough, um, not oddly, I guess, but so many of us feel... um, can feel so isolated yet surrounded Mm -hmm. by people or children so my uh, first question to you is what church do you attend Mm -hmm. and what is something you love about your church yeah so I attend Coram Deo Baptist Church um, in the Ivy Lake area and um, when I have been and I guess coming after the three years of crazy that we've had um, I can more readily say that the people that are surrounding you and the fellowship and the encouragement in those moments are integral mm-hmm. to your health. Um, I often tell my husband, um, if God was teaching me anything in these last three years, it's that I could never feel like I'm not loved because of the love and support that I've had of the people around me. And that's come in many ways. They supported us practically. They supported us um, in just saying that they're praying for us and um, messaging me, encouraging words from um, God. And I would say that it is absolutely integral to your health to have people surrounding you that are A, going to love and encourage you, support you practically, um, ensure that you're taking care of yourself, um, speaking truth in love, um, and you know, holding you accountable 
you know, those goals that we talked about, Mm -hmm. like, are these things really edifying you? Are they pointing you towards Christ? Are they helping you reach your goals? You know, and having people that are willing to speak truth and love and willing to point you towards Christ and willing to come alongside and hug you and love you when you're crying. And um, all of that is extremely, extremely important, including the hard things where they're speaking truth, Mm -hmm. you know. And so um, specifically after the last three years, that is a really great question. And I would say it's absolutely integral, which is why God created the church that he created and why he created it the way that he created. Not one of us is complete. Not one of us has all the gifts. Not one of us has all the answers. And he has created us as a body for a reason to come alongside of each other, um, to represent the full body of Christ. And we need that. The hand can't function without the leg or the foot or the brain or the eyes, you know? And so, um, like Ephesians 4 says, we need to be encouraging each other and growing the body to maturity. And so it is extremely biblical to surround yourself and extremely integral to surround yourself with people who are willing to do that for you and help you grow to be complete and mature and support you in those times when you feel down and out. Because when you're down and out, if you have those people, they will be your, they will, they are God's provision to help you be strong Mm -hmm. in those moments. And I don't think I fully understood that even until the last few years, just, you know, we pray for strength. We pray for God's provision and God's peace. And that can come in many ways, shapes and forms that can be within our own spirit, but that can also be provided through the people that surround you in the body of Christ. And really that's, if anything I've learned over the last three years, um, it's that. Hmm. That's amazing. Mm -hmm. And I said, my second question is, what role has the church had in supporting you and developing you as a Christ follower? Yeah, um, I would say on the receiving end and on the giving end, you know, the body of Christ has supported me and grown me and matured me in many different ways. Um, I touched on it a little bit. Um, speaking about when I first moved here, um, people came alongside me and helped me grow in maturity and pointed me to the narrow path and spoke truth to me in love. And it was hard a lot of the times. Um, I speak to a lot of moms who are, you know, just at the beginning of their lives and, you know, their babies in Christ. And um, I speak about the times when I was a baby in Christ and how important it was to have women who loved me enough to come alongside me, support me and love me and also also speak truth. Mm. Um, and now on the other end of it, being in the teaching side and the coming alongside and the loving women in that way, um, that in and of itself grow, you know, causes a lot of growth and maturity as you're held accountable to what you're teach you're teaching and what you're saying to women and how you're encouraging them. And so um I love teaching for that reason that I need to be, you know, firmed up in my beliefs and in my theologies and in my doctrines and in in what I talk to women about. And so from both the receiving end and the giving end, God is just really faithful to grow us on all sides. And that was one of the unspoken benefits that I didn't even know 
was going to be a thing as I grew and as I, I moved more into this discipleship mm-hmm. side of things. Mm-hmm. And so, and I guess that would also be an encouragement for women in that we're all called to do that. We are all called to encourage each other and grow each other in love and sharpen each other. And um, whether you're standing in front of a bunch of women or sitting in front of a bunch of women or whether you are face to face with somebody loving them um we are putting in our, ourselves in a position of growth and encouragement and teaching and encouraging mm-hmm. and um we need to know god's word to be able to do that we mm-hmm. need to um have that wisdom that only comes from knowing the god of scripture mm-hmm. and um that's really, you know, years down the road, um, where I see this Proverbs 31 woman and all of these women that we look up to speaking truth to us. Um, it was from years of desiring the Lord and getting into his word and growing and prioritizing that. And that all begins with discipline, Mm -hmm. you know, disciplining ourselves to be in the word and learn those things. So I know I've gone down a rabbit trail. (laughs) I hope I answered your question, but, um, yeah, Mm -hmm. it's really very important. Yeah. And Mm -hmm. I think a lot of us maybe don't realize, like, I know I've been guilty of maybe waiting for something to come up, Mm -hmm. waiting for someone to be like, hey, can I mentor you? And Mm -hmm. the thing in life is like most times when we want and need to grow, it really sometimes does come from our own initiative, right? And it seems so awkward, but how honoring, like I would be so honored if someone said to me, like, would you walk alongside me or help me with this? Or I'm wanting to grow in this area. You seem like someone who isn't a master, but has some Mm -hmm. knowledge. I'd be like, oh, same thing. I knew I'd be sanctified the minute someone (laughs) would ask that because all of a sudden, yeah, I got to practice what I'm preaching. Like, 100%, 100%. And that's really, you know, being a mom, being a teacher, being whoever, if if somebody is looking up to you, there's a whole lot of pressure there. It's, yeah. it's very sanctifying. Um, but like you said, if you're in a place in which you feel like you need that accountability, you feel like it's very biblical to seek out someone to disciple you. Mm-hmm. And um, it is an honor and it's scary, <laughs> but it's... Um, for the person who is discipling, it is also sanctifying, you know, from both ends, it is just growth and iron sharpening iron. Mm. And, um, so I would say, like you said, a lot of the time it does come down to taking our own initiative. Mm. And, um, that starts again with disciplining ourselves to be in the word, but also then surrounding yourselves with the people who are going to be speaking love and truth to you. And that's really hard too, because there is a level of accountability there. You're not, you know, you're going to be held to, right? And um, it's scary knowing that somebody is, you know, from the outside looking in, kind of taking a critical side of things and being like, hey, this is what I see. Mm. Um, And I want to help love and grow you in that. And, you know, um, this is where you got to find somebody who you trust and you know um, has a humility about them, right? And mm-hmm. and it's, it's really that humility that, you know, I am just as much of a sinner as you are. I am struggling just as much. Hey, look, here, I struggle with anger. I struggle with, you know, not having a desire for the Lord every minute of the day. I struggle with not speaking love to my children or I struggle with 
um, numbing myself with vices like video games or TV or, you know, all of these different things. Um, I am not perfect either, but it's really important to, you know, still come alongside each other and, you know, whether you have it all together or not, Mm -hmm. um, we do need to be making that a priority. And like you said, sometimes that means taking initiative. Mm -hmm. And it's so easy to feel disqualified. We were talking about that before Mm -hmm. the podcast about, Mm -hmm. I think that's like one of Satan's favorite tools, right? Like, Mm -hmm. did God really say, like, are you really saved? Are you really qualified to do this? And Mm -hmm. yeah, who have we walked along who has been perfect, but yet they can still speak into our life and encourage us. And we still love them even though they're not perfect. And yeah. yeah, so for the mom maybe who would like a little accountability with making time for God. I know for me, what has been so great, like I love homework. Mm-hmm. So like being in a small group, even if it's just one or two other ladies, mm-hmm. and I know I'm going to meet with them weekly. Yeah. Like that brings joy to me. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> it's like going to the gym. Like I will never go to the gym by myself. But yeah. if I knew someone was going to meet me, it's just those things that like it's that extra little. And it's also fellowship, which is great. Yeah. It's like icing on the cake. Yep, that's exactly right. And um, like you said, the accountability side of things, I definitely have had to put myself in positions in which somebody's holding me accountable. And like I said, I teach because that's a level of accountability I need. Like, that's how guilty I am. I am not perfect. I It's not easy for me to prioritize the word in my life all the time, um, which is why teaching has just been such a huge blessing for me. It's been an unsung benefit. Um, and... I would also encourage that you might not have the desire of your heart to do that now, but as you grow in wisdom and as you grow in knowledge and love of the Lord and recognition of who he is and the fear of the Lord beginning is the beginning of wisdom. As you grow in that, the desires of your heart can change. And you can even pray that God change the desire of my heart. You know, help me turn away from the things that are my vices, the things that are my idols that I prioritize over you and help me to turn my heart and my mind and my desires over to knowing you more. And it doesn't necessarily always feel like desire in the way that we would define desire, the feeling of desire. It's this desire of what do I want my life to look like? You know, I want my life to look like the Proverbs 31 woman. I want my children, my husband to rise up and call me blessed. I want to ensure that I am investing myself in them and giving them all that I can. And I want to feed into other women. I want to encourage them. I want to love them. Um, And that might be the desire of your heart, but then comes the recipe to get that. And that's knowing and loving the Lord. And you can only know and love the Lord and get to that point when you've invested your time. Mm. And all good things come with hard work. And sometimes we don't feel all about it, but that doesn't change what you need to do to get to that point, mm. you know? That's great. Thank mm-hmm. you. You just spoke yeah. so much wisdom there in like oh, three minutes. Well. <laughs> That's great. Thank you. <laughs> uh, we wanted to end on a little bit of a fun note. Yeah. So I wanted to know what is one of your favorite things to do if you ever get any downtime or free time? Yeah, I would say I haven't had a lot of time to do this in the last little while, but really honestly, my most favorite thing to do and actually a place where I did just revel in the Lord and his creation 
um, was to really take the quad out and go mudding, <laughs> like to my hips, mud puddles, um, winching my quad out of a puddle that was covering it completely. And I did that all by myself in the quietness of the wilderness. You know, we are five minutes from Crown Land from the Saddle Hills. And so I would take the quad out and I would just get right dirty and um, spend time on the highest height, just looking at God's creation and um, thanking him for the privilege of being able to revel in that even. And so I would say that's probably, and, and I mean, my happiest times are of course with my family, you know, they really are. Um, but as far as just me time and me taking time with the Lord and me having fun and being at my most peace, that's probably where it is in a mud puddle with my quad sunk right up to the hilt and, you know, covered in dirt. That's mm, what I love. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Well, I want to thank Chantel for making time to talk with me today. I so appreciate you making the space in your schedule, speaking of things, <laughs> for this topic. And uh, we both hope and pray that this talk today encourages our listeners. Mm. Uh, may the Lord lavishly pour out his love and grace upon you today. And we will see you next time. Amen to that. That is our episode for today. We want to thank you for listening. If you have any topic ideas you'd like us to cover, please send us an email to office at gpalliance.ca with the subject title of women's podcast in the title there. That way it gets to me. That would be great. We would love to hear any of your ideas. Lastly, we're trying to reach as many listeners as we can in hopes of growing the kingdom of God. Whether you tell someone in person about the podcast or leave us a review on your podcast app of choice, we would so appreciate it. Those things really help people find us. May the Lord bless you and keep you, dear friends. And until next time, God bless.